My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. I am Iron Man. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Post Credit Podcast. I am your host, Eric Italiano, senior writer at BroBible.com. And today, as always, I am joined by my co-host, Kate Onder, who you can find writing about video games over at ComicBook.com. And today... Stop us if you've heard this one before, but we are talking about the troubles at Warner Bros. in D.C. Um, Ezra Miller, becoming a true menace to society, was arrested and charged this week with felony burglary. And as a result, the fallout, especially in the wake of all the D.C. news last week and all of the Batgirl shenanigans, has been pretty much the story of the week again. So now back-to-back weeks, Warner Bros. have been dominating the headlines with the disaster that is the DCEU. It's deteriorated to such a point that now canceling the Flash is on the table. So we'll talk about that a bit. We are interviewing Charlotte O'Copley, who is the star of the upcoming film Beast alongside Idris Elba. He's also the star of the sci-fi classic District 9. And because Charlto is the star of District 9 for our sort of big topic today. We are going to be discussing the top 10 films that we think deserve a sequel. So first, let's dive into some news as I touched on The Flash. Kate, I'll bang out some facts and then we'll chat, all right? Sure. All right. So Miller reportedly participated in reshoots earlier this summer. So after all of the news about his troubles had come out prior to this latest arrest for robbing, I think he robs liquor from someone's home. Yeah. The beers. Beers? Oh, my God. I believe so. Yeah. The fuck is wrong with it? All right. It's not like Ezra Miller is short on cash, I'm sure. (laughs) So he was charged with felony burglary and as a result thr just put out a piece about how warner bros sees this all playing out and they see it going down one of three roads one is miller gets help and he does sort of a mea culpa where he gives an interview and explains what their deal has been uh for the last six months or so and they would have them participate in limited press option two is they do not get help They are not part of the marketing at all. And the role is recast. Frankly, I think the role is going to be recast regardless. That's just a fact at this point. By the end of it or during this? During what? The lead up to the movie. Oh, uh, they may do it like behind the scenes, have someone locked in. I don't think that they would announce it though. Yeah. Uh, And then the third is that the situation gets worse from here and that the film, the $200 million film that's set to feature appearances from Michael Keaton's Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, Sasha Kelly's Supergirl, and probably a still unrevealed villain, they would cancel that entirely. So I feel like deja vu groundhog day whatever term that you want to put about it but once again we are talking about ezra miller and the flash on this show so i mean kate which of those three choices do you see unfolding i would bet on the second one uh that they just kind of continue to sweep it under the rug with the exception that if ezra miller commits a violent crime or something more than stealing beers. I think you can kind of write that off enough. It's not good, but you can kind of be like, mm, it's just beers or whatever, right? But if if this escalates, I think it's done. I think you just, it, there's so much bad publicity around it that I could totally see them pulling the plug. If that's, if that's really on the table and they are considering that, I think they're just waiting for that next, next shoe to drop before they, they actually go, go ahead with it. Um, I, I cannot imagine shoving someone out there amidst a mental breakdown, whether or not they How get do we help. know that they're having a breakdown? I mean, that's been the like, report, <laughs> but like, I feel like if he was having a breakdown, there would be like, I don't know. I just feel like it. it Stealing beers is not a breakdown. You sure. know what I mean? Like that yeah. just sounds like being an it's asshole. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever you want to call it. Uh, amidst a crisis, I guess we can we call it that. It, it just seems weird to shove them out there and just be like, hey, just, just go say sorry and you know explain. It's like I just don't think that's the right thing to do. Uh, so unless you know there would have to be a sizable gap in time where nothing has happened, we don't hear anything, things just stop 
being reported. And then you can come back around and be like, look, we know some things happened last year. We really want to address it. But if this continues to happen, an apology is not going to do much because it's still an active situation. I mean, he's so. on the he's I feel like he I, sorry. They are on the course of where, like, if the next headline was Ezra Miller kills someone while drunk driving, I would not be surprised at all. Here's where I think your deadline is and that if anything happens past this point, they're in big trouble. Yes. The release of Black Adam. Because I'm going to imagine that they're going to want the first trailer for The Flash, something, some kind of teaser attached to that. Because I feel like the next DC film is Aquaman in March. So unless they were to roll it out Christmas time on its own or in the dead of winter, you would imagine they would want something to Black Adam. Go ahead. Which, go ahead. Shazam is still in December, right? Oh, Shazam as well. Okay, so so those two. One of those two. Okay. Fine. Shazam is actually probably more likely then. But probably. this film has been, been in the can for a long time. The yeah. footage to create a trailer is there. Yeah. So it would actually <laughs> and waiting until December would probably cost them less money in terms of marketing. So that might be what they do. Yeah. But you got to figure that they're going to have to come to a f- decision by the end of the year. If they commit to Miller in December saying screw it we're going forth and then he does something bad before the release of aquaman 2 they are so up shit creek and that is the gamble that they're taking right whenever if and when they decide to continue forth with them which i would say right now is at a 50 50 coin toss mm-hmm. right they have to hope that that bet remains the right bet through next june that's almost a year That's a long fucking time. And based on the consistency and frequency of trouble that they've gotten in so far this year, there's no reason to expect that they could keep their nose clean for the next 10 months. So Warner Bros, I I would, uh, they're a multi-billion dollar company, so I don't feel sorry for them, but their position is not enviable at all. No. Um, If I were Warner Brothers, I would buy a compound and just put Ezra Miller there until this movie comes out and just be like, look, do whatever the hell you want in here. No one's going to know, but fucking stay here in timeout until right. this thing blows over. Because, yeah, like you said, I mean, they're, they're one of the most recent reports was Ezra Miller is traveling around the country with a bulletproof vest because of the KKK, which yeah. we, we have seen videos of Ezra Miller like calling out the KKK. And so, like, the I'll kill FBI. You. And, and the, the FBI. Like, so and I don't I know. Maybe he's linked to Donald is Trump. That, is that, <laughs> and I'm not sure if this makes it seem like more of a mental breakdown or less, but like they haven't said shit. No. Any, like the only thing that we've heard from them is like an Instagram story post that was extremely weird and like metaphysical and like (laughs) it it was some shit like i am not of this dimension so they can't harm me or some shit like that that is the only pseudo public statement that they've made since the start of the year and that to me i don't know if that makes it more like oh they're having a breakdown because they're not aware of their actions or they're not having a breakdown at all and they're just a fucking asshole and don't care so That is why, and, and and that's why it's fascinating to hear like Warner Bros. perspective on it because doesn't they have like family or friends who are like, yo. Apparently their mom is now wrapped up in this in some capacity. Uh, in a good way or a bad way? I think in a good way, which is like trying to get help and stuff. I think that's something like he, I read. They are my age. So, yeah, 29. Yeah, so it's like, I am quite close with my mom and dad. They don't like tell me what to do. But right. I'm still at the point in my life where like if my mom and dad were to sit me down and be like, hey, yo, can you chill the fuck out? I'd listen. Yeah. So like I feel like that's a, you know, or at least I try to listen. You know, I can't relate to what they're going through. And that's why I want to be sensitive about, of course, you know, mental illness. And I'm sure that is certainly a factor. But it's like their crimes don't feel like the 
actions of a person losing their grasp of self, right? They feel like the actions of a person who just don't give a shit. He's getting in bar fights. He's stealing beer from home. They're getting in bar fights. They're stealing beer from homes. They are, they threw a chair at somebody. Like all of this stuff is just outwardly aggressive. Like it's not self-destructive behavior. It's yeah attacking attacking in air quotes roping others into your issues and that's a problem so like you know they i'm at the point now and i am somebody who has actually looked forward to this film because while i don't think he's a home run casting i never have while i don't see and i'm not even doing it on purpose while i don't think that they're a home run casting and i never have i thought the character was enjoyable enough and I thought yeah. that the prospect of all of the other DC characters that they were going to introduce in this film, along with the Flashpoint-esque story that they were going to tell, I'm like, this sounds sick. This was probably the DC sure. film that I was most hyped for with Black Adam and Shazam and uh, Aquaman 2 and whatever the fuck else they've got. The Flash they got Michael was- Shannon in it. That's cool. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so this is the one that I've been most hyped for. But I am so sick of them that now i'm at the point where i'm like if you cancel it fuck it good i really don't give a shit anymore yeah it takes a lot of fucking work and that is i think where warner bros finds itself that one person is not only dragging down a 200 million dollar film but as but but the brand in and of itself it's another and a long line of there goes dc fucking it all up again and he has been the primary other than the whole Batgirl thing, the primary driver of that the entire year. Yeah, it's indicative of the larger problem. Whether, you know, it's not it's not DC's fault. I mean, but it's they, cosmic could, they could do almost. more, you know. It's like, karmic. It's cosmic. It's of yes. course it's them. Yeah, it, it's it's just another, oh shit, here goes DC again, like you said. It's, this, this shit doesn't happen to Marvel. The, mo- the most they've had is some anti-vax people. And and that even still, they snuffed be, her out quickly and quietly. Yeah, and they, they go in and they say, shut the fuck up or you're out. So, like, they, they, they're they on top of that where DC is just kind of like, we don't know how much contact they've had with Ezra Miller. I mean, he Ezra Miller went to do reshoots. So they, they saw him, you know? They, and, they haven't even taken the steps of giving the production a company line to say, right? So if I'm right. Warner Bros., I'm telling the director, producers, cast hey if you're asked in any way shape or form about miller or the status of the film say x y and z yeah. and what happens when you don't do that is you have barbara getty <laughs> coming out last week saying all is good in flashland terrible at the time looked <laughs> egregious and ignorant and willfully sort of ignoring the problem at hand and somehow that is aged diabolically worse over yeah. the course of a week. And that is what happens from an overall lack of communication and planning and leadership and all of the issues that have plagued the DCEU for 10 plus years. Yeah, I got uh, slammed. I think I said this maybe last time we talked uh, by some Ezra Miller defenders, which I didn't know existed until I tweeted out their name. And then uh, they, they come in and they're like, you got it all wrong. It's a smear campaign. And I'm like, okay, you are doing internet detective work. Okay, whatever. But there needs to be some communication because because no one is saying anything. You have two sides of people now that are saying this is happening. This isn't happening. This is happening. This isn't happening. And it's just a fucking shit show. The optics of this movie grow worse every day. And it's to the point where my almost 60-year-old father who does not follow these things knows what's going on. Well, right, because I'm sure he because I'm sure it's to the extent where now their crimes have crossed over into the mainstream. Like yeah. that is how much trouble they've stirred up. And what's funny is that if this was Shazam 2 or Black Adam or Aquaman 2 or Joker 2, they could delay it a year or two. Yeah. So you know what? Fuck it. We'll hope that things will calm down. But it, under the previous regime's plans, this was the franchise reboot. Like exactly. they need this movie to come out narratively, yeah. to make the changes that they want to change. So it's a catch twenty-two, and it's just the most DC shit ever. <laughs> and that is why last week I said I like Zaslav 
basically coming in and saying, we're burning this fucking place down. I'm tearing this shit down because it is infected from the ground up wall to wall. Yeah, it's just um, it's the most unfortunate situation they could possibly have run into. Like of all the possibilities, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson dies or something, right? You know, Black Adam 2 doesn't happen. This is everything hinges on this movie. The future of this franchise, the money that it would rake in, all these things depend on the Flash. And because their star, who plays two different roles in the movie, is going on a crime spree, <laughs> yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. They should uh, just recast him as the villainous reverse Flash. Honestly. Yeah. It, it, it would make a lot of sense. I, I would love it if they just canceled The Flash and then the movie that would come after The Flash narratively, they just have David Zaslav come on screen before the movie and they're just like, look, we couldn't figure it out. Like, You're going to be a bit confused. <laughs> just roll with it. Yep. Here's a synopsis on the corner of the screen that tells you what would have happened. <laughs> now you caught up to speed. <laughs> All right, so hopefully this is the last time we talk about this film this summer, but I doubt it. Moving on to another big piece of news this week is a report, I think it was from Deadline, about Tom Cruise's post-MI future that he's planning with writer, producer, director, Christopher Quarry. And three projects were name-checked, an action thriller franchise, a song and dance musical, which to see him go back to the Rock of Ages route is stunning to me, and a Les Grossman project. Now, I uh, don't really have much to say about this, except for this is why Cruz is absolutely the best in the game, because even though... MI7 Part 2 doesn't come out for another two years. He's already planning for what's next. And mm-hmm. what I want to talk about real quick is obviously the Les Grossman thing is dope. And I think sort of maybe signals the self-awareness from Tom that he hasn't had in a few years. Like it, we would, like I would, the idea of seeing him do a comedy role again is very enticing to me. But the one that I really want to talk about is the action thriller franchise in terms of how he's aging and do we think that it is going to be a traditional Tom Cruise action movie? Or are mm. we going to see him sort of lean more into the like thriller aspect of the action part? It's an interesting question because, you know, he's had Oblivion, Edge of Tomorrow, Mission, Top Gun, uh, Jack Reacher. Like he's stretched the acting career into different like subgenres, you know, sci-fi and whatnot. So there's a lot of potential and it's, it's interesting because he's getting up there, you know, like he's 60. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, Cause I'm looking it up now. Taken came out in 2008. Liam right. Eason is currently 70. So let's call that what? 13 years. Yeah. So he was a bit younger. He was a bit younger, but like, is that oh, the route that starts going down? Yeah. I can imagine uh, something a little more low-key, not jumping out of airplanes and flying helicopters and stuff, right. but, uh, you know, just keeping it grounded. Hmm. Um, I, I would love to see him do a collateral again, where he's playing someone a little more unhinged and not, uh-huh. you know, the hero. If you go that route where it's an anti-hero as opposed to the guy, then I think you you have a much interesting franchise uh, for Tom Cruise and can do something new for him. And uh, that's that's what I want to see for that specific franchise. All right, we've got some breaking news from a massive report from Variety about DC, et cetera, et cetera. One of which that just caught my eye was that the sequel to The Batman has not reportedly been greenlit yet. What? They announced it at CinemaCon, though. Batman 2 has not been greenlit yet. That's what I'm saying. Titans and, Doom, Titans and Doom Patrol are expected to be canceled. Lady Gaga will make $10 million for Joker 2. Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips will make $20 million. Uh, The film is being described more like a star is born than in the heights. Okay. And then, Kate, you have one here. Go ahead and... Yeah, apparently they want Leslie Grace to play Batgirl in a future DC film or it says in parentheses or at least star in another Warner Brothers production. So that that could mean not as Batgirl, but they want Leslie Grace for something else. Uh, I don't know what that means, but it seems like they are entertaining the possibility of having her continue to play Batgirl in a future DC film. I don't know what that would look like, though, because would not probably make sense for her to be in the Batman 
I don't think that world makes sense for that version of the character that they were setting up. Well, they could scrap. They could scrap. They the could just rewrite yeah. the whole character. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, I guess. I mean, the question has been, what is Batman's role in the proper DC universe going forward? Because it's Ben Affleck, and now it's Michael Keaton, and now it's maybe Ben Affleck again, maybe question mark, maybe nothing. Who the fuck knows? It's bizarre. Look, I've spent the last few weeks singing the praises of Zaslav, but if they don't greenlight the sequel to the Batman mistakes i'm gonna spend a whole podcast saying terrible things about that man i would be right there with you Uh, it's confusing like i said they had matt reeves i and maybe even robert pattinson on stage going yeah we're making another batman movie which everyone assumed but the fact that maybe the green light means they don't have a script story yes yes okay okay Cause uh, let me let me see exactly what I'll I'll about. control F here and see. Yeah, <laughs> sorry y'all for this live breakdown, but this is what happens when Warner Bros. still fucks up. Writer director yeah. Matt. Whoa 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 whoa. Where are we? Where are we? I got it right here. Film and read it. Yeah, go ahead. Writer director Matt Reeves is on track for a sequel with star Robert Pattinson, but the project remains in development and does not yet have a green light. Any future film is years away. Um, so that's kind of what we knew. I don't, I think the I said, tweet all right. we saw maybe <laughs> leaving out some critical context. <laughs> uh, it also says Wonder Woman 3, Zatanna, and Static Shock um, are in development, but haven't had any substantive updates on the film since news of them first broke. All right. I mean, they're fucking, you know, I, I, I want to say that change is good. I do, but <laughs> I really, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I've been, I have believed in false gods before <laughs> at Warner Bros. And I just don't want to go down that same road again. All right, let's move on to some quick hitters before we get to our main conversation of the week. Did you not want to finish up the Tom Cruise stuff? Do you have thoughts on Cruise? Just, uh, Les Grossman. All right. <laughs> the idea of a Les Grossman appearance once more is fascinating. I don't know if that means that someone somewhere is doing a Tropic Thunder sequel or if Cruz now owns the rights to that character. So I think that the way that it was reported was it's unclear if the character would be used for another project, if the project would be focused on the character specifically. Yeah. It's just that Tom Cruise is interested in playing the character again. Which is awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love that character so much. I, I pitched the idea that what if in Mission Impossible, they do the thing where they wear the mask and it's just Les Grossman. He's playing Les Grossman as like a crazy movie studio executive to get into some room or whatever, get close to somebody. And then he rips the mask off and it's normal Tom Cruise and peels off the large hands and shit. I yep. think that'd be great. All right, let's move on to some quick hitters. Killer Moth was set to appear in Batgirl. Warner Bros. Discovery has slowed down the development of the following DC films. Supergirl, Static Shock, Green Lantern Corps, and J.J. Abrams' Black Superman film. Uh, Warner Bros. was thinking about adapting The Secret Six, which are a group of suicide antagonists, Suicide Squad antagonists, and Crisis on Infinite Earths prior to the merger with Discovery, Prey is Hulu's biggest movie premiere ever. Season four of Harley Quinn is reportedly a very safe bet. Both Constantine and Green Lantern series are still in the works at HBO Max. Zazie Beats is in talks to return for the Joker sequel. Ironheart set photos confirm Anthony Ramos will be playing The Hood. And Taika Waititi says Marvel is developing a project about Hercules and the Olympians. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be talking about movies that we think deserve a sequel. All right, folks, we are back. We are talking about our main topic of the week, given that we are interviewing District 9 star Charlotte Copley, who I think District 9 is probably one of the films of the last 20 years that is near the top of lists of films that people would like to see have a sequel. So with that in mind, Kate and I are not quite drafting because, I well, Kate, so if I take something, it's off the board for you? 
We can do a draft right. again. Sure. Yeah. Oh, watch. You're feeling cocky because <laughs> you smoked. I'm scared one? more. <laughs> I'm scared you'll take something I like. I got a big list here. <laughs> um, all right, Cade. Heads or tails? Tails. Heads. Finally. Ah, the one time what? I don't go heads because I've been going heads. Yep. So. That's how it happens. Uh, all right, good. Because getting the Dark Knight last time absolutely crushed me. So that was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got fucking smoked. And at first, I thought like uh, Zach Snyder bot had found the pole, but no, I just think I got fucking bodies. <laughs> so I think we're tied now, one one. Yeah. Are those the only drafts we've done? I think we did one other one, but I don't know if we ever pulled it, pulled so it. we don't have a winner. All right. So I mean, basically, this could be anything. Any film that you think deserves another that deserves a follow-up film this is probably the hardest draft we've ever done because i found it difficult to research given its broadness and given its subjectiveness but something i learned from the last draft is i am gonna lessen the gas on my personal choices and lean into being a crowd pleaser so with my number one pick of films i believe deserve a sequel is top gun maverick captain pete maverick mitchell let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. That's a good pick. Uh, I didn't have it on my list just because I'm like, that movie is so perfect in my mind that if that's where they leave it, I am so content. Uh, but it would but make a billion dollars. It's, it's, you know, a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you're and a studio I mean, look, executive, you know, like how make- we could talk about these as much as we see fit. This movie just came out, uh, but I just think like it was such an unbelievable hit and both dollar wise, but not in a cheap sense. Like people fucking love this movie, critics, yeah. fans. So I see no reason why they shouldn't run it back, especially now it's like. It's past Titanic on the all-time <laughs> domestic gross list. That is fucking insane. And they're bringing it back to IMAX for a third time. Yeah, that's this weekend. Yeah, that's yeah. I've nuts. never heard of that happening. You usually yeah. get two if you're so, really good. Look, like I've said on the show, if they're going to, they've got about five years on cruise to do it. So yeah, yeah, you gotta speed that up. All right, all right. Now you haven't looked at my notes, right? No. All right, good. Um, I have Spider-Man Four sequel to Spider-Man Three uh no brainer you know it's uh that's that's my white whale baby um i've i can vividly remember the day my mom came into my room or whatever i was doing and told me hey you know i just read on yahoo that there's not gonna be another spider-man movie with toby mcguire and at that time they had announced that they're gonna and that was the day your life changed i (laughs) cried like i was so (laughs) upset i don't know i was like what does that mean what what not no more spider-man she said well they're gonna apparently do something else with a different actor like i don't want a different guy you know and i want my spider i want my spider-man and um you know what we got was fine i like andrew garfield but it's not Spider-Man 4. Nothing ever will be until Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire step it up and, and come back. But I'm glad, you know, we got him back for No Way Home at the bare minimum. Yeah, I mean, I figured that you were going to take that one. I, just like you a few weeks ago let me take Blade Runner 2049, I was never going to take that. Yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> that's that's your fucking sauce right there. The relationship we had would be over. <laughs> <laughs> So with that said, I am actually from my number two pick going to take Blade Runner 2049. This was originally planned to be a franchise or at least a two-parter. So it's within the realm of possibility for this to go down, especially the way that I think people have come to, like the way it's become a cult hit over the last few years. Now, I don't know if that cult success would be enough to translate it to being a financial success, but because Denny Villeneuve, I think for the first time in his career is a household name, thanks to Dune. Like I think film heads have known who he is for 10 years at this point, but I think like the public, I mean, what had he done before this? That was probably his most popular, like popularized commercial hit Sicario, maybe arrival Sicario. But I, I still don't think that the average Film goers like, oh, Denny Villeneuve, my guy. But, no, but but if it was like but from they the knew director of Dunes, what? I think they knew his movies. Yes, right? yes, yes. Yeah. So and Blade Runner twenty forty nine personally is my 
fifth favorite film of all time. So the combination of it being already planned, the film appreciating in value over the years, and the director and star being more famous and powerful now than they were then. And it sounds like in, in some capacity, we're getting some kind of follow-up because Ridley yep. Scott's doing that Amazon series, but it, it's like 2070s, 2090s, something like that. So, I mean, I don't know how connected that's going to be. I mean, that could mean something else beyond it actually being set in that year, but it, it's hard to imagine. Yeah. Um, but we also did get a sequel to the original Blade Runner, which was not a financial success and was a cult classic. So nothing, nothing is off the table. Um, Let me just say, uh, I am not going to take it. It's worthy of being on this list, but since this conversation is about district nine, kind of, yeah, I feel like that should just be not on the board. It's, it's on the board as a whole, right? Like it is, it exists. We all want it. (laughs) It's gotten a first round buy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Ooh, I got a lot on here. I'm going to go Man of Steel 2. Oh, <laughs> you have to decide what kind of man you want to grow up to be. Whoever that man is, good character or bad, is going to change the world. Good. At least someone wants it except for me. Yeah. No, I mean... They should have made it in, you know, 2016. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <Whoops>. <laughs> that should have been the next step. Uh, I mean, Man of Steel 1 is, you know, I know people have a lot of criticisms, but I remember walking out of that movie. And I mean, I was I was 12. So that movie fucking checked all the boxes for a 12-year-old kid watching a guy fly through Metropolis and blow shit up. I was like, yeah. And and I really appreciated the story. I, I mean, that scene where Zod comes to the Kent farm and like is like interrogating Ma Kent and Superman just comes and plows him through all the fucking silos. It's like, don't touch my mom. And then they have the fight in, in Smallville uh, is amazing. That's some of like the best superhero shit out there. Uh, Dude, the last hour and a half is just like action, action. Amazing. Action. It's so amazing. And uh, we've talked about it before, but the impact of Superman killing somebody is more uh, crucial than I think a lot of people give it credit for and has a lot of weight. And I like just the the idea of a Superman who is not wanted and is feared and is is has to step up to what we know him as in the comics as a symbol of hope rather than someone to fear. And I thought that was an interesting arc that they never really got to finish. I know. And it's so funny. Now here we are 10 years later and people are still like, Man of Steel 2, I'd watch it. But they just refuse. They're like, nope, (laughs) here's Shazam 2 and Zatanna or whatever the fuck (laughs) they've got going on over there. Yeah, it's a shame. (sighs) This is your Spider-Man 4. What? <laughs> it's your Spider-Man 4. Not quite. Not quite. Kind of, but not <laughs> but not quite. Uh, so for my number three pick, I am going with the Raid 2. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, the, the Raid 1 and 2 are literally the two best, not the two best because I think there's different types of action, but like when it comes to hand-to-hand combat, the Raid 1 and 2 are head and shoulders the best I've ever seen in my entire life. The Raid 2, I think it depends on what you want from these films. Mm-hmm. I, like I don't I think raid one is better because it's easier to follow there's literally no plot except a good guy climbing up a building yeah. but the raid two <laughs> like keeps all of the badassness of the raid one while introducing an actual story so I think they're really both equal but the point being is this is if there was ever an action franchise that deserves a three-part story it's the raid the star of it eco UIs has become like a Hollywood player so he's a bit more famous than he's been the director is a bit more famous than he was so the talent is in place audience is in place for it the legacy is in place like i have no doubt that the raid 3 would be fucking incredible and then we're talking about the raid franchise if not already as one of the best action trilogies of all time so yep raid 3 it's a shame that we never got that deathstroke movie yeah absolutely that would have fucking been sick yeah so good yeah, I, valid pick. Um, so this is your third, right? Yeah. I'm going to go uh, The Nice Guys. Ah, I've got that on my list, too. Very well yeah. done. 
You're a private investigator? My profession is very complicated, okay? It's nuanced. That is a lot of, that's a lot of blood. That, this movie, if you don't, if you're watching, it's on Netflix right now. So, go. Yes, I actually uh, tweeted that from our Postgrad pod. Breaking news: The Nice Guys <laughs> is on Netflix. It got like 200 plus likes. People love that fucking movie. It's such a good movie. I took my mom to see it. Uh, we don't see a lot of movies, but she, I took her to see that, and I thought it was so fucking funny. Ryan Gosling has such comedic chops. Like he is one of the funniest guys that is not in many comedies hilarious and uh movie has a lot of style and a, a little bit of heart and i i think we're we're missing a 70s 80s uh buddy cop detective uh movie in this day and age and i would love for a sequel of that to happen i i don't think it's out of the question for netflix to come in and be like hey this movie's doing really well on our platform yeah, right ryan gosling it was just in the gray man what if we do a sequel um maybe we'll see yeah, that's actually a really good call. Like Netflix trying to resurrect films that do well on their platform. Yeah. Have they done that before? Oh. Like, I guess you could count like El Camino, right? Yeah. Like, hey, sure. a lot of people are watching Breaking Bad. Vince, you want to come do whatever the fuck you want to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only thing I can think of is a TV show that uh, Manifest. Uh-huh. That was a show that got canceled, and Netflix was like, "We'll finish it." So, nice. possible. Cool. Okay, for my number four pick, I'm going Kill Bill Two. This is something that Tarantino has talked about for ten plus years. This is the story that makes so much sense. The popular fan casting these days. Kane, you've heard of what the story would be, right? It would be the young black yes. girl who watches the bride kill her mom in her kitchen at the start of Kill Bill 2. Her growing up and the fan casting for that is Zendaya, which I fucking love. That'd be awesome. I love that idea. Uma Thurman is, you know, she's doing, she's pops up here and there these days, but like, back in her day, Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill, she was the fucking best, so I'd love to see her and like a Tarantino, what he used to be famous for was resurrecting the careers of former stars, so for him to like do that with his own muse would be awesome. Tarantino claims his next and 10th film will be his last. I don't know if I believe him, mm-hmm. even though he said it for quite some time. I wouldn't want to see Kill Bill 3 be his last film, but I still would like to see it exist in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, he's put a lot of asterisks on things. He's like, well, if I did that Star Trek movie, it wouldn't be my last one and right. stuff. So like, I could totally see him being like, I could do maybe 11, you know? Right. Um, but it sounds like he wants to keep it in that general range. But yeah, no, you're completely right. The interesting thing is Uma Thurman at, at that time was like a person that was like on like a poster on your wall, but not because she was like a beautiful woman. It was because she was like an action star and she was like an awesome like hero and yeah. actress. Like it, she was real proper talent um so yes that would be i hope that can happen one day i think that'd be a, a wonderful movie all right my number four Ooh. i'm going to say Zack snyder's justice league you are you are such a fucking cheat. <laughs> Are you trying to game the bots here, you fucker? No, no, no. I, I really so do want to see that. Shit. <laughs> I really that's, do want to see that. That's not even your fifth choice. It's your fourth choice. I, I thought you might get it, so I put it up a slot. Yeah, all right. All right, <laughs> all right go I, ahead. I, I, I think that is a... I mean, it's never going to fucking happen at this point for... 85 different reasons. Are but. you a Snyder stan? Are you a closet Snyder stan, Cade? There are you more. have multiple bot accounts and you're just <laughs> furiously tweeting, restore the Snyderverse. Bring me David Zaslav's head on a pike. <laughs> just shit like that. I have a confession to make on, on air. <laughs> I I rigged the Oscar fan moments uh, for, for Mr. Snyder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think that it's a awesome story that they were setting up that no one will ever do like no other director would be like yeah I'm gonna make an apocalypse where superheroes are killing each other I want to fucking see Superman in the desert city blowing away people because that sounds cool as shit I don't know if it would be good but I like the premise enough to be like I want to see where you're going to take this because I like the doomsday sequence in uh, or nightmare sequence in Batman versus Superman. Uh, 
and I would love to see more of Do you? where that goes. I, I like do. it thematically, but like the choreography of the action, I feel like is fucking terrible. It's possible. I mean, I, I, I would be interested in seeing him execute a full two and a half hour, three hour right. movie yeah. at that level. I think that would yeah. just be a really interesting comic book movie because we have we don't have anything like that. So are you a restore the Snyderverse guy? I'm not going to go out of my way to harass people about it. But if someone was like, hey, but as a general principle. I, I am a if someone pulled me from Warner Brothers and was like, hey, do you want to see a <laughs> Zack Snyder Justin 2? I'd be like, yeah. That's not the question. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not the question. That's not the question. The question is, do you want to see him t- retake over the reins of the franchise entirely and restore <sighs> the Snyderverse? Speak your truth, man. It's a loaded question. I just don't know. I, I, I really How don't know. How sad is that? How sad is that? <laughs> There's so much baggage to all I know, that stuff ridiculous. that I don't want to put my name All we wanted it. was a couple of cool Batman and Superman movies, and this is what we fucking got. <laughs> that's, all, that's exactly it. I just want the movies. I don't necessarily support the movements. <laughs> so back-to-back drafts, you've somehow taken Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. <clears throat> For my fifth and final, this might be a bit controversial. It's a bit tongue in cheek as well. I think the film that deserves a sequel is The Dark Knight. You've changed things forever. There's no going back. See, to them, you're just a freak. Like me. I was actually surprised with the amount of people replying to Postgred Pod getting on our back for not drafting The Dark Knight Rises. But, like, <laughs> has anybody watched that movie? Like, I outside- watch it all the time. I love that movie. Outside of the conf- <laughs> Really? Yeah. Outside of the confrontations between Bane and Batman, what about that film is compelling? Batman is fucking on his ass for, like, more than half the film. Sure. All right. I, so I, I, uh, I mean, I forget how long it takes. Like a conclusion, he... a conclusion to the yeah. one of the greatest superhero trilogies of all time, a follow up to the best superhero film of all time. This, of course, given the unfortunate death of Heath Ledger, was not the original plan that Nolan had. So I would love to see whatever vision he had yeah. that he was originally going to do. He was not going to return. He had to yeah. be coaxed back to do a third film. So like there is a version of the Dark Knight story that ends a completely different way. Absolutely. And I would love to see that. And, and Nolan on his worst day is better than 90% of the directors on their best. So the Dark Knight Rises is a good film, but yeah. contextually the movie had followed up the franchising. It was concluding. I think it is a wild disappointment. I will say it's the first time in the franchise that Nolan seemed to finally learn how to shoot a fight scene. So so the fight (laughs) scenes are fucking sick. But beyond that, I just find it aggressively boring. Um, I don't find it boring. I would say I find it riveting in many senses. Uh, I think that when Batman shows up for the first time on the stock exchange heist and is... But that's like halfway into the movie. It's... It takes a while, but I still find the stuff leading into it exciting, too. Like, I find it interesting. I like the idea of a guy like Bane being like, I'm not just a physical match. I'm going to deconstruct this city piece by piece until it is fucking mine, and then I'm going to blow it up. That's awesome. And so there's a lot of cool ideas happening there that that continues some of the thematics of The Dark Knight, where it's the uh, anti-Joker in some sense of the word, where Bane gets Gotham to rebel and in a way that they didn't want to in the last movie. And he convinces them that this is the way and then is going to kill all of them. (laughs) And then just the moments that lead up to Batman coming back to Gotham when he's climbing out of the pit. I mean, that is a top 10 comic book movie, regardless if you find the movie boring or not. I think that is a amazing sequence. Um, You don't like it? No, no, but I, I, you know, it's a sequence. It's a two and a half hour plus long movie, you know, like, like, yeah. I, and cause what I was thinking was, I'm sure I could think of something from 
2016 Suicide Squad. That's cool. I but still a fucking steaming <laughs> pile of shit. Sure. Like, I'm not saying that those two films are remotely comparable, right. but I'm just not here for. Oh, it had that one cool part. I'm acknowledging it's got cool parts, yeah. but it's over bloated. It's over complicated. It's action lacking. And when they do do it, they they do it right. But and then I think my biggest problem overall is for a conclusion for the trilogy, it is the worst film. And that is never really what you want to say. Yeah, no, I I can I can agree and understand all of your points like to uh, I don't agree with all of them, but I understand all of them regardless. Uh, I I think it is the weakest of the trilogy. I think it had a lot of baggage going into it. And so, yeah, I, I, I get it. All right, Kate, your fifth and final. I have a few on here that I haven't touched, but I, I think I'm going to throw one that I don't know that you're going to see coming, which is Inception. I've got that on, do on you? my list. I do. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think that so is I, a... So I have my films broken down into three tiers. Normal blockbuster tiers, uh, films, comic book films, and Nolan films. <laughs> okay. and I had three <laughs> Nolan films on there. The Dark Knight, Interstellar, and this. Nice. I would have I would have said either this or Tenet. I think Tenet has, you know, big, big, more sequel opportunities than this one, probably. And just but, real quick. I'm so sorry. Have you seen no, that yeah. meme from uh, Tenet where it's it's just a photo of Pattinson at the end? And it's like Tenet is really just a story about guys realizing their bros too late. Yeah, actually, <laughs> the fucking it's, it's that wonderful. is the part of that film that I like the most. That yeah. meme, it's 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 an awesome story about two bros. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Inception in particular, I think there's a lot of room that you can you can continue to build on those ideas. I mean, dreams are infinite. Dreams are just imagination. Uh, so you can do whatever the fuck you want, and you can create whatever reason you need to get Cobb back in there in people's minds killing people and shit so um if they could find a way i would love for nolan to do a sequel to any of his movies really that aren't batman related like i think all of them man you know with with a couple exceptions most of them have sequel potential and this is probably the one i would want to see the most yeah i had that um but do you think it ruins the ambiguity of the of the ending of the first film. There is um that's an iconic ending. I, I as much as it's considered to be ambiguous, I think that ending is more straightforward than it maybe appears. Like I you think it's think that what he's home? Yes. Okay. Same. Yeah. Uh and and there is I think that could ruin that uh neatness of that arc. You know, I right. think it's a beautiful ending to that movie and I think it's deserved and hits hard um so you know you you do run the risk of doing something uh stupid but if no one came up with an idea where he's like i got it then i'd be all in i i trust his instincts yeah yeah same uh all right let me just run through some of mine that i did not pick edge of tomorrow life terminator 2 django unchained pirates 2 interstellar Constantine, and I had this on my list before today's news, the Batman. Nice. Yeah, I had uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. I know that's not a movie, but like a I sequel like that. to Batman uh-huh. versus Superman. Uh-huh. Um, later on, 2048, 28 uh, weeks later. So Ooh, 28 nice. months later. Uh-huh. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, Monsters, Inc. Uh-huh. I've always really wanted a Monsters, Inc. sequel. Uh, Solo, um, National Treasure 3, World War Z, and Elf. Oh, those are thank all you. very good, kid. Yeah, thank you. All right, and just to recap my five, I had Top Gun Maverick. I had... Shit, what did I take second? <laughs> uh, Blade Runner? Yes, Top Gun Maverick, Blade Runner 2049, The Raid 2, Kill Bill 2, and The Dark Knight. And you had... Spider-Man 4, Man of Steel 2, uh, The Nice Guys... Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and Inception. Okay. All right. Now over to our chat with Charlotte Copley. <music> Folks, today I am joined by Charlotte Copley, an actor you know from films such as District 9, Elysium, 
Maleficent and his new film Beast, which hits theaters on August 19th. Thank you for joining me today, sir. And how are you? I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I love the name Bro Bible. Now I'm curious. I got to go check out what that is. It's basically just anything a, a man who has existed Bro on earth might care about in one place. I love it. I love uh, it. So I want to start with the process of actually shooting this film. What was the most difficult part of the shoot? Was it the physicality of your performance or was it trying to portray emotion and fear in the face of CGI lions? How did this role challenge you most? Actually, most was the fact that Bolt shot the director, Baltazar shot it very much in these one take, um, in this one take style. So we would do, you know, two minutes, three minutes, seven minute takes to immerse on Steadicam the whole time, sitting with one lens on the movie. So I'd never done that before. And I didn't actually know until we got there that that's what he was intending to do. And there was some sort of discussion between him and the studio and stuff that that's what he was doing. And he was like, he was committing to shooting stuff without the level of coverage you normally would. And it was an amazing level of confidence that he showed because he'd never done that before either. So he was, he, you know, he's got to time that stuff out in his head that it's not going to get boring. And we've got to rehearse, you know, some of the scenes we rehearsed for like the whole day. And then we do like four takes as the sun's going down. And that's all you got. It's like, don't blow the seven minutes. And for me, I love to just mix it up and change lines and throw in ideas when directors want that. But you've got to be very careful about how to do that with don't come up with a line he's not going to like five minutes into a seven minute one -er. You know, if you're gonna change it, you best you best deliver. And it's like we have sort of mix and match. You know, sometimes I'd win, and sometimes he'd be like, "No, no, start again, go again." You know, also, I'm just like, "Oh fuck, I'm the guy that just blew it for everybody." I, <laughs> just say I the like line. And then other times he took. I'm like, dude, I'm giving you gems. He's like, no, no, that wasn't a gem. So, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to say that you've bought yourself the credibility at this point to have some room room to play in that sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let me ask you about the relationship of your character and Idris's. I felt that it was very much that of brothers. Almost. How did, exactly. Now we're tying it all in. Yeah. How did See how I did that? I just uh, gave you that pull right there. That's why you're you're the pro. Bolt should, and Bolt should learn. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, you took um, it. How did you guys go about forming that bond and bring it to life on screen? Because I know it's part of your job to pretend these things, but sometimes to create that level of connection and broship, you know, I would imagine there's some behind the scenes real life bonding. Yeah, I find that to be honest, I find that an energetic thing that you sort of quite quickly see. Oh, I can have this with this guy or not. And early on in the process, before we started shooting, Idris, it was just some sort of private stuff with us that we had some sort of deep conversations about Africa and some of the stuff that was going on and really like honest uh, uh, conversations about things that I was like, okay, man, this, this, is a, this is an interesting, this is a thinking guy, this is a legit guy and somebody that um, has a genuine interest in Africa and the issues going on and like is not going to have like the PC version of conversations with me. And it's like, okay, this is just that was enough to kind of um, energetically feel that uh, there was something there. This is somebody that I could befriend, you know, and then behind scenes, I mean, we went, we watched uh, football, we watched the, the, the Britain, what was it, the European Cup of Nations, we watched England in the final together. Um, oh, and England I, oh, lost. Well uh we, we, yeah against the uh the italians, italians right that's I'm right a, i'm a proud italian so oh, i will take man. that one my, my, my producer who works for me was supporting italy i was choosing uh i was choosing england because it's my heritage it was a it was a wild night that yep. ended very depressed for, for and for, for pks will just drain it out of you man i never <laughs> want to go through that ever again i swear <laughs> it was crazy i was wanting that i was the only one in the group that I was telling people who didn't watch soccer, there were some Americans and people who didn't know about it. And I was like, they didn't watch football. And I was like, listen, if it gets to penalty shootout, this is gonna be the most exciting shit. Cause they'd sit there like, oh, this is boring. You know, I'm like, wait, if it gets to a penalty shootout, this is way more exciting than basketball or anything else you're gonna do. And oh, when well, it did, PKs are great when it's not, when you have no rooting. It, wait, oh, wait, was, 
It's amazing. It was just the pressure. I'm like, just imagine the pressure on players in that environment. It's just, I can't think that you'd be in a more pressurized situation in your life in the world. Maybe if it's the World Cup. Yeah, but I'm saying, and think of, give me some other example. It's like, it's you, you win or lose, and and it gets worse as it goes. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and then they, and then it's- Sudden death. Yeah, all right, let's, uh, let me, because I I could talk ball We distracted, yes. Uh, Were there any moments when you were filming with- Idris that you felt or something oh this guy's a movie star like this is why he's built the career that he has yeah there really were honestly there were like like I had I was I was talking about it earlier just moments with him man like there was an effortlessness to how he did stuff and it doesn't happen to me often. I, I'm not actually sure it's happened before where I, I come, you know, I'm working with someone. I'm like, this guy's really raising the bar here in what he's doing. And I remember actually just watching him in the scene where he's drunk at one point in the movie. Mm. And I kind of zoned out and I just watched him almost as if I was, and I was, I was literally, I wasn't in character. I was just shoulder. I was just like, this is the most incredible fucking drunk performance that I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, how the fuck is he doing that? That I was always the wonder because first take because I didn't know what he was gonna do. You know, we hadn't rehearsed or anything. He just goes. It was I, the first take, and I'm just like, oh my god! And then it's like, oh yeah, I have a line. And then I'm like, I'm Martin again. And then I was used to it, but the first time I kind of zoned out. I was like, holy shit, man! Like, and he would also just he also likes to just we would sort of play with each other and just mix up what we did from the previous take a little bit with a slight variation on the line or just the tone of it or something to keep it fresh subtly just doing that for each other all the time which is just magic i loved it so i'm going to try to build a bridge between this film and the film that i'm going to ask you about next are there any right. different nuances in portraying emotion when the threat is of this earth i.e a lion or nature versus when the threat is something not of this earth i.e aliens or, or or is it all one and the same I, I think it's the same thing, man. I think like metaphorically, of course, the beast in this movie is just the beast that you face in your life. Any kind of beast, the, the thing that can take you out, that can take your family out. And it's a constant, that for me is part of life. And you realize that when you're out in the bush like this. I used to take these m- mountain bike rides through the bush by myself for a couple of days during the, the shoot, which they let me do, which was amazing to be able to do that and utterly terrifying and utterly profound. And I would get home every day, literally, and be like, I feel like I'm on absolute high because I'm still alive. Yeah. It was unbelievable, dude. Like, if you're suffering from depression or you're dealing with anything, go and spend some time in the bush and just live to the end of the day. To do that, we genetically designed to, that's what happiness is at a biological level. It's like, I got food, I'm not dead or maimed by any of these fucking things out here that could do this to me. And I kept doing it. I was terrified every day. I kept going out. Eventually, I got charged by a black rhino. And it it turns like three meters from me, man. At the last minute, it decides like it knows what I am or doesn't know what I am. And so it's going to verge around me. But I I was trying to get off the bike. I didn't have time. My idea was to like get off the bike and throw the bike into it and then see if I could get. There weren't any trees nearby. There were like some shrubs. And I was like, well, on foot, maybe I can dodge this guy. I just came around the corner and he was already sprinting at me because that's what they do. The black rhinos, they just they just come at you. And and uh, yeah, man, it sounds was, like uh, you went a bit uh, method. I did. I definitely <laughs> did on that part because I didn't get to wrestle real lions. So I was like, well, this is going to be like this is like this is like wrestling. A, this is <laughs> this is like wrestling a high school mascot as the lion. <laughs> so give me the real thing. Like and I just went out and terrified myself every day. And then in, in front of the crew, I'd always, or the, or the, you know, the executives at night, because we'd be having dinner around, um, around uh, the campfire every single night. And it was amazing. Like that also for bonding was incredible to be able to do that under the stars and you're hearing bush. And then I would always try and act super cool. Like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm a South African. I can, you know, I can go in the bush. No problem. Meanwhile, most of the time I was just dying and just relieved when I came home that I was still alive. It was amazing. So let me now ask you about District 9, which I'm sure is a film that you've talked about ad nauseum throughout the 15 years, 10, 15 years since it's been out. But I think it's genuinely worth it because I truly consider this film to be one of the best sci-fi films of my lifetime. Every time I rewatch it, I am awed by how equally unsettling it is and tense it is and heartbreaking and the way it weaves in socio-political commentary and body harmor and family drama. It is one of the best films I've ever seen, truly. Did you know at the time 
that you were making one of the great sci-fi films of the last 30 years? At what point did you realize, wow, we're making something special here? I mean, it was, I, I, I really did have that feeling early on, but I didn't know if people would get it. You know, so it was, so meaning it was special to me and Neil. I was like, we're doing something that's deeply personal to us in terms of our experiences and our art and what we like. And it was, it was a true connection and kind of the, one of those moments where the stars align and I could bring everything that I'm good at and he could bring everything he was good at. And it was just, it was a sort of a magical thing and he actually teased me for for about 24 hours afterwards because we had a time difference he was in New Zealand he'd actually told me that when Sony saw the movie they weren't going to release it theatrically because <laughs> it wasn't really working and we because you know we sort of prank each other and I literally I felt this sort of disappointment but at the same time and the, the odds were so against us that I actually then you know I settled with that over the 12 hours then I sent him an email and I was like dude I it doesn't matter like the fact that we made this I'm so proud of what we've made and then he's like, oh, no, dude. It's like, obviously, they love it. They're, like, freaking out for it. I was like, dude, fuck off, man. You could have told me, like, don't make me wait 24 hours with that shit. <laughs> he's like, yeah, dude, we made a sick fucking movie. Of course yeah. they love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. It's oh, crazy. man. So yeah. why do you think that that film has struck a chord in the way that it has, other than it just being of the highest quality? Because this, this, when I told people that I was going to speak to you, yeah. the, the effusive praise for this film was deafening. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I think it was one of those things that for me as an audience member, I've been kind of disappointed that there weren't more films like that. You know, when, when, when something comes out that feels like it's sort of more real legit art almost, if you will, but also commercially entertaining. I mean, there is now, there's the, you know, the latest thing that I saw was, was, was uh, what is it? Uh, everything always... Uh Everywhere, all at every, once. Everywhere, everywhere, all at once. You know, where you'd see something like, wow, okay, that's refreshing. Um, f so as a film fan, like, I think it just does the things that you want good movies to do. It, 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 you feel it. Above all else, you, you feel it. You feel mm. the main character. And that's one of the hardest things to get right in the film. Yes. You feel the intensity of the character as an actor when you get a role that you can do that with. I mean, I haven't had one since then. Even to you this know, day, there's scenes I'm like, I, and I've seen it. 20 times i'm like i can't watch this right now i feel yeah. so bad for this guy yeah we you know what they'd set up we improving everything but the story is i'm improving all the lines but the scenes have been set up in a way that the intensity is there that you can that you know you can take the audience with the character that's the number one thing for mm. me it's like i remember at the time people talking about the action sequences in the movie and one of the transformers movies was out there and i love bay and i love that way he does action a lot of the time but i i remember just we flipped a car. You know, there's a scene in the end where, where you get a car. hit. Dude, it just, it, the car just ramps up and does a turn. They were doing that on the A-team in the 80s, okay? But the audience in the United States at Comic-Con, they cheered when that happened. And it was like, how, like, it's just a car flip, man. Like, with, yeah. the, with a robot. Like, it's not, you don't have to do, like, 20 million tanks being, a tank flying into being swung into a 747. You just have to make them feel it. And it's, oh, man. Well, it's, it's, you know, that's... No, I, I just want to say congrats yeah. on that film because that is going to stand the test of time as an absolute masterpiece. I've got to wrap here. Cool, Your man. friend Neil, who you've known for 20-plus years at this point, I imagine, has said yes. that a sequel is in the works. Have yes. Has he involved you in the creative process has, at all? Man. We've been, yeah, we've been Please working. Go ahead. You know, I, I did a draft. I sent it back to him. He's done a draft. It's like just trying to find the right sort of story. There were some things going on socio-politically that he felt maybe timing-wise he wanted, he didn't want to go immediately. So maybe in like a, a year and a half, like he wants to have something to say, you know? Because uh, Christopher promised he'd come back in three years and that's, a did, promise, and that's a promise that I want delivered on. Charlto, ever since I was introduced to you in that film, I have found you to be one of the most compelling performers out there. So I thank you for both your work and your time today, sir. Thank you, bro. I hope to uh, visit you again soon on this Thank you, uh, great, great, great named website. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Check Cheers, it out. Bye. Cheers, Charlotte. Bye-bye. All right, and thank you to Charlotte for joining us. Make sure to go check out Beast when it hits theaters on dramatic pause dramatic pause i think it's this friday right no it's 
the 19th, August 19th. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Eric Italiano. Make sure to follow Cade at Cade underscore Onder. Follow the podcast at Postgred Pod. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Next week, we have the premiere of She-Hulk. And also that weekend, the premiere of House of the Dragon. I have reached out to our old co-host and Westeros <laughs> extraordinaire, Brendan Katz, to come help us out with House of the Dragon. Cade, you fucking watching or what? I'll watch. Okay. I don't need you to dive deep into <laughs> Game of Thrones and lore, but I actually think it would be interesting to hear sure. the perspective of somebody Absolutely. like diving into this universe for the first time with this show. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, all right. I'll watch. And then, uh, and then Andor in September and uh, summer's coming to a wrap, but I gotta be honest, it's for the first time in my life, I've been like, dude, I'm fucking over summer. It has been, <laughs> I don't know if it's been hot in the Midwest, but out East, it has been unfucking bearable to the extent that today was like 80 and it feels like 65. <laughs> 75 here. Yeah. All right, y'all. So we will be talking to you next week for She-Hulk and then shit house of the dragon airs on sunday so that's gonna definitely put a bit of a ranch in our recording schedule i'm assuming she hulk is gonna do like miss marvel-esque numbers maybe a bit more like i'm curious to see how people feel about that show yeah you know? i imagine i mean we could just do it like whenever there's an episode we think we should record on we don't have to maybe do one every week you know right. maybe when daredevil shows up and wong or whoever and, and do big Episodes. And, and I think what speaks to it is like I've had the She Hulk screener, I think this Monday or Tuesday, and I've not watched a single one. <laughs> I wonder if that is going to be the mindset of the general fandom. Like, you got Daredevil in it. I don't know. You know, true. I think see, that. see, it's not the problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They always get you with something. They, I know. They dangle All right, y'all. We will talk to you 